I just did not take the job because that's not at all what I wanted to do. And I realized, man, like I really need to sit down and think about what I want to do. I need to be more strategic with my job applications. But at the same time, I've been sitting at home for two months and I'm like, I graduated from a great university. I'm supposed to have a job. These are how things are supposed to work. Like, why am I struggling? Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the show that highlights remarkable BIPOC young professionals killing it on their career journeys. I'm your host, Priscilla Esquivel-Bolcha, Latinx career coach, corporate consultant, daughter of immigrants, and lover of breakfast tacos. Meet me for a coffee chat every Friday as we either dive into a special guest story or I'll share my own career gems. If you're a BIPOC professional feeling lost in your career or just need a dose of inspiration, you're in the right place. Let's get started. Hey everyone, today you're going to hear from a good friend of mine from my MBA journey, Edgar Galindo. And the topic of this episode is what it's like to be a first-gen American college grad trying to navigate the job application process. And explicitly, like, what not to do, what to try to avoid. And Edgar has graciously shared his story with us of what it was like to graduate from Pomona College college in 2013 with a math major, math degree, and try to find a job and figure out what's next for him. And so it wasn't as easy or straightforward. And so this episode is really great for someone who is maybe a recent college grad, is first gen, is trying to figure out like how to tackle the job application process. The most important takeaway for me is just like give yourself a lot of grace because what you're doing, you're probably the first person in your family to figure out and navigate this process. And so it's really important to take a step back and be strategic and not make decisions out of haste or out of panic or out of desperation. And so Edgar tells us what that story was like. You know, we also hear how things kind of came together for him in the end. And he actually ended up falling in love with the work he was doing in operations in the construction industry, using his math background. And now he's a consultant and doing really well. So yeah, enjoy. Hey, before we head into today's episode, I want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram at ECM podcast. Also head over to ecmpodcast.com where you can get freebies, read the latest ECM blog post, and sign up for our monthly newsletter. And if you or someone you know is looking for one-on-one career coaching, you can sign up to work with me on my website. Lastly, if you're a big fan and supporter of the show, please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's how we can reach other people. Okay, let's head into the show. Edgar, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm super stoked to be here. Cool. Why don't we just go ahead and get started, Edgar? Why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about yourself? I actually think of home as New Orleans, even though I only lived there for four or five years after undergrad. I was actually born in Texas, in Odessa, Texas, so West Texas. But a couple months after that, my mother decided to move back to Mexico, where she had her family. She, my mom had me at 21, so she was super young. And raising a kid in a new country was just too much. So she decided to go back to Mexico where my grandma lived. And I grew up there until I was about 10 years old. And at that point, my again, my mother decided, okay, we need to go back stateside because you will have just access to a better education. 
And your somewhat typical immigrant story, we moved to the U.S. We actually moved to Kansas at first. I don't, that's where my dad was working. Coincidentally, this ties into how I wound up at uh, Installations Incorporated, where I worked. But my dad was working in Kansas, so we moved there. And then after that, we moved to Houma, Louisiana, where I have an aunt on my dad's side. So we just moved somewhere where we had some family. It's about an hour or so, a little less, outside of New Orleans. So I got to visit New Orleans, and I got to see a lot of New Orleans, but I didn't actually get to live there until after undergrad. And I lived there for, again, four or five years, and I really felt like there was not another city that I had lived in where I felt super, super welcomed. So when I was little in Mexico, for example, because I was a U.S. citizen, like my mom had to pay for me to go to public school. It was all felt odd and didn't really feel like home. And then moving here, clearly not just as an immigrant, like it doesn't necessarily feel like home, but New Orleans was just so diverse. It was like one of the first big cities that I lived in that was super diverse, that really felt welcoming. So I, I consider New Orleans home. And so when you were growing up, did you have a sense of what you wanted to become when you grew up or did you have any career aspirations? Yeah, definitely. I always wanted to be an engineer. Uh, I don't know exactly what type of engineer. I don't think I knew that there were different types. My mom worked for La Comisión Federal de Electricidad in Mexico, which is essentially the the federal power company. So electricity is, or at least at that point was run by the government. And she worked for them. And my grandpa worked for them. She worked for them. And she would bring me to work sometimes because my school was nearby. And she always brought me to the head engineer of that, of that office. And he would always give me gum. And he was really nice. And my mom was always like, when you grow up, you should be an engineer like him because he made a good living. And I don't know. Ever since that, it was, I want to be an engineer. I want to be an engineer. And clearly it didn't play out that way, but I'm happy where I'm at now. Yeah. And so in high school, were you also thinking about that when you were applying to colleges? Like, were you thinking about engineering or were you, how did the decision of where to go to college align with your career interests? Yeah. I can tell you how I got to where I got. When I was in school, I I was doing pretty well academically speaking. I I did pretty well on my SATs and just knew that I was going somewhere. I was looking at the University of Louisiana in Lafayette. I was looking at LSU, but I was looking at mostly state schools because I had this program, TOPS, it's what it's called, where Louisiana would, essentially the government would help you pay. It was like a scholarship essentially. And so I wanted to stay in, in the state to take advantage of that and then I was fortunate enough to get into this program called LIDA, Leadership Enterprise for Diverse America, where I got to really visit a ton of schools in the Northeast. And they like really pushed me to apply to to bigger, I don't want to say necessarily better, because just more prestigious schools. And that's how I wound up getting into Pomona. And once I visited Pomona, they're a liberal arts school. They don't have an engineering program. They have a partnership with another school with, I think, Washington University, where you do three years at Pomona and then two years there and you get, you get like a, a, yeah, you get like an engineering degree. I want to say it could be a master's. I'm not sure. But honestly, after pretty much my first year at Pomona, it became very clear that I did not want to leave and was definitely not going to want to leave for my last year. So I thought to myself, what can I do? Am I sure I want to do engineering? 
Uh, I didn't want to totally knock it out the table, but I would become interested in, in other uh, things. I was actually looking into being a teacher at one point, And I figured, you know what, if I major in math, I will always have flexibility in the future. I liked math. I think, I honestly think I liked math because when we moved to the U.S., I'd gone from doing pretty well in school in Mexico to like obviously not doing very well at all my first year because not knowing the language makes it hard. Mm -hmm. Except for math class was just always the sort of my bread and butter. It it was like the one sort of constant in, in that time of flux. So I think that's kind of why I was, I didn't have an issue saying, you know what, I'll just do math and I can go into teaching. I can go into engineering. I can go into finance or or something else later on. And that's kind of how I wound up as a math major instead of an engineering. How was that major experience for you? Was it challenging? I took calculus too my first year and I thought that was really hard in college. Obviously you went way deeper into math. Like what was that experience just like from a class perspective? Oh, it was tough. It was tough. I will say that I think once you get past like calculus three, it's not as diff. It's more complex, but you've learned how to learn math. Because I think math is, if you think about it, it's a whole different language. You're using like symbols and numbers and letters actually. So it's like a whole different language. And I think that's what gets people hung up on math. It's like learning. Perhaps I had already gone through that. So it helped. But I think once you get past a certain level, it becomes a little bit just more, I don't know, I don't want to say easier, but it you just get more used to it. But actually, I was originally a physics major because as I said, I was on this track to do three years at Pomona and then try to go out and get an engineering degree. And I think that three-year track was like a physics focus, which makes sense for engineering. But two years in when I was like, okay, I'm not doing that. I am definitely going to stay here all four years. I'm going to switch to math because it just makes more sense with what I want to do. Also, physics had labs, like that were like from one to five, and Mm -hmm. you didn't get any more credit for that. It was still like one class, essentially. And I was at that point, like just loving my social life and and hanging out with all the cool people I was meeting. And it just made it easier. I also didn't feel like I was abandoning a goal. I, I felt like this is actually me realizing the direction I really want to go into. Yeah. Okay. So when you were getting close to your senior year, I'm sure you were starting to think about, okay, what am I going to do after I graduate? So what did you do your senior year to figure out what your next step would be? Did you use career services or how did you actually land the job that you ended up in? Oh, oh my God. I wish I had been more proud. If I could go back and talk to any Edgar any previous version of Edgar, I would probably choose senior year Edgar. I was having a lot of fun. I was taking less classes because I'd taken more classes previously. And it was my senior year. And it wasn't until the second semester that I was like, okay, what am I going to do after this? I really want to stay in California. I really want to go to San Francisco, number one, Los Angeles, number two. I have to do that. So I just started filling a bunch of applications out. I wasn't getting much. I didn't use career services. I was just like doing my own thing because that's what I thought you did. Uh, that's how I got my other two internships. So I was like, oh, this is how it's done. There was no reaching out to alumni. Like I didn't know that was a thing. And there was this kind of culture at Pomona where I, I don't think you talked. No one ever talked about grades. It's not a cutthroat environment. It's very friendly. 
But at the same time, you never had any clue what was going on. Like, what are you doing that I should be? It's not like the NBA where you mm-hmm. got in and ev- everyone's, oh, did you do that homework? And you're like, what homework? Oh my God. And you like start kind of, no, no one talked about that stuff. Except for like your close group of friends who were like in the same major as you. But that was just like academics. But no one talked about like job search. Also, like I, I should clarify that Pomona is like very privileged school. There's a lot of very wealthy folks that go there. So a lot of classmates and friends are like doing internships with like their parents' companies or like with a friend of a friend within their network. Mm -hmm. So that was perhaps maybe the reason why it wasn't necessarily talked about as much, but I didn't use career services. I filled out applications. I thought that's what you did. You did it on your own. I remember one interview I had with this company in LA. It was a virtual interview. So way ahead of their time. But I had my computer and behind me, there was a window and I had a nice button down and like a coat on, but I didn't put pants on because I was like, whatever, it's just virtual. And then the guy was like, hey, first of all, his first question was like, we talked about it. And he was like, what books have you read recently? And I was like, I don't I, like math books. I don't know. I haven't read anything for fun. I was like, oh, I read this novel like last year, but that's obviously not a good answer because I hadn't prepped for an interview because I didn't know. But then he was like, can you please close your blind behind you. I can't really see you because the light is so bright. And I was like, oh God. So I had to like hang up the call because oh, wow. <laughs> I wasn't wearing pants. So like just totally unprepared. And yeah. so I, di- I didn't have, I didn't have a job right after graduation. I went home back for about two months and just sat there and filled out applications, went interview. I was looking for, at that point I, I was applying mostly to sales jobs. I was like, okay, let me go into sales. Like, I know I'm somewhat interested. I'm probably charismatic enough to do okay. And I remember like my third interview for for this one guy, the other two had been unsuccessful. This third interview, he has me drive out to Baton Rouge, which is about an hour and a half out. And we're talking and like the job description was a little vague. It was like regional sales, something like you'll be dealing with vendors and like it sounded pretty cool and then he's like all right cool so for your interview it was like a three-hour thing he's like cool let's go hop in my car and then we went sell like office supplies door to door and i like if i could go back i wish i would have been like hey man this is not for me i am out but i stuck it out those three hours and then after like at the end he was like you're good would love to extend you an offer and i just did not take the job because that's not at all what i wanted to do And I realized, man, like I really need to sit down and think about what I want to do. I need to be more strategic with my job applications. I need to, but at the same time, I've been sitting at home for two months and I'm like, I graduated from a great university. I'm supposed to have a job. These are how things are supposed to work. Like, why am I struggling? And at that point, my dad called me and my dad's worked in construction his whole life. So even when I grew up in Mexico, my dad was not around because he was working stateside in, in construction. He actually worked for Installations Incorporated throughout the whole 90s. And in fact, when I, this is what I was getting at earlier, when we moved to Kansas, there was a job site there. And my dad's boss was a guy named Stanley. Uh, Stanley's like super kind, good hearted Native American guy from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, really interesting character, but him and my dad became really good friends. Stanley has known me pretty much my whole life because even when I visited my dad, when I was like a toddler, we would go pick my dad up from work and Stanley would be there. So Stanley met me as a toddler and my dad called me and was like, Hey, my friend Stanley's looking for someone to go manage a crew at this job site. Um, 
I don't want to go because I have this other thing going. But I told him that he should hire you. I was like, he was like, I know that you don't necessarily see yourself going into construction. But look, he can pay you 20 something dollars an hour. And you do this for about a month or save up some money so that you can take the time to really apply and, and find the job you want without the financial pressure of, oh, like, got to ask my mom for money to go out with my friends kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. So I, I ended up saying, okay, you know what? That makes sense. I went and worked at this job site in Mississippi for Stanley <laughs> for about two months. And I did really well. I, I think what clicked for me was that what I really liked best about math was like systems of equations, linear algebra, finding the equilibrium for all of these inputs, making things just work well together. And when I got to construction, I was like, oh my God, this is it. This is exactly it. Except instead of like variable X and variable Y, I'm looking at manpower and budgets or materials or timeline. Like it was just making these things fit now. And once I made that connection, things just started to take off. Uh, it, it wasn't like super difficult. For example, one of the first things I did was I was m- managing a crew that, and honestly, the only reason they let me manage a crew is because I had a college degree. Like no reason should I be managing a crew of people doing work that I have no clue how to do myself. But there were things like, for example, we had an inside work area and an outside work area, and we were working outside in the afternoons and like inside in the mornings. And I remember asking Stanley, like, can I switch this? Can we go work out, like, outside in the morning because it's hot? And right. he was like, yeah, sure. And we did that. And our productivity like jumped up. And they're like, wow, wow. Edgar's really good. And in reality, I'm, I'm like thinking to myself, I'm like, how did no one think about this? And I was like, and what other aspects can like play into this that make us more productive? Oh, what if instead of just dropping all the material off in the morning, we like drop it off like in different, like in one big pile? What if we drop it off like in more like strategic positions where they're not in the way, but like everyone doesn't have to go to the same area, like that kind of thing. And that kind of started working out. And Stanley was like, hey, look, I'm going to a different job site now. I want you to be the planner which is essentially doing what I was doing for my crew, but doing it for the entire job site. And I took that. And so we went to a different job site in Baton Rouge and and started doing well there. And Stanley eventually called his boss and was like, hey, look, I got this kid out here who is just, he doesn't belong out here on a field. He will do good things for you in headquarters. And sure enough, like I got to interview and, and I got the job and that's how I moved into the office and became a project manager. And then my next project, I was Stanley's boss, which was just like a, whoa, it was uh, obviously Stanley. I like respect a ton and, and we have a great, I still keep up with them, but yeah, but that's how I wound up in the office for Installations Inc. And then doing that work there, things progressed and I was promoted and I was successful there using the same mentality of what can we do to make things better? Yeah, I wonder if one of your strengths is like restorative. So like someone who really enjoys just restoring things and making things better and improving things in general. Yeah, yeah, that I think that's definitely it. And I think it ties very much into what I was saying earlier about patience. I think a lot of what I would ask myself that made me successful. But yeah, I think that's what would help me progress because there were a lot of sort of those little issues that I was able to help a lot with. I also think that's a really good orientation to have at work, period, is just how can I bring value to people immediately? And so that question of 
how can I make this easier, better, more efficient? That's probably what made you stand out and do well and people were noticed you and they were like, oh, Edgar's thinking about these things and it's making our work lives easier. Yeah. And this is something that my boss told me once when I, when I went up to to him about, I don't know, some other problem. I was like, Hey, like we have this problem. And he was like, okay, okay. Yeah. What are you going to do? And I was like, Oh, I don't know. Like, how do we fix it? And he was like, okay, cool. Yeah. Let's talk about that. And then we like chatted about it and like I suggested solutions and essentially he was like, hey, that's great. Like you notice how you were able to think through it and we came up with like potential solutions. Do that before you come to me. Don't come to me with problems. Come to me with solutions. And he told me once and every time I had an issue with something or I would go up to him like, hey, look. I'm having this problem here. I've thought about this solution and this solution. Here are some pros and cons with this one, pros and cons with this one, and pros and cons for this one. I'm thinking I'm leaning towards this one. What am I missing? What do you think? Honestly, half of the time, I hadn't even considered another solution. But they just loved the fact that I wasn't bringing them problems. It it showed them that I had thought about it, right? Like I've looked at the pros and cons. I've thought about different solutions. And it's actually a really good way to learn because – You've given yourself the opportunity to make a mistake. Like it's perfectly fine to go to them with solutions and have all of your solutions scrapped. But at least now you know why you failed to consider the right solution in the first. So that that's yeah, but that that's that was another like really helpful learning experience. Yeah. So you've landed in construction like almost like as an accident, like a happenstance thing. Your dad happened to be in the industry and then there was this job opportunity and you weren't even thinking you were going to stay there long term, right? Because yeah, you were job- jobs. Yeah. But then you found aspects of it that were challenging or interesting and you quickly were able to move up mm-hmm. and you ended up staying there how many years? Yeah. Five years total. Okay, long time. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of your colleagues or like friends from Pomona, you probably saw them doing a lot of different things and you, you know, could have totally pivoted, tried to break into something different, but you didn't. You stayed there. So yes. what are the things that kept you there? Opportunities for sure. So you mentioned like I wound up like by happenstance in the construction industry. I, I totally agree. And and I've always struggled to balance being humble and, and acknowledging that I I personally feel very privileged in the sense that I have a mother and father who were very caring. My dad was able to send US dollars to Mexico for us when I was little. Like my mom had a good job with good benefits. My grandma like babysat us all day so my mom could work. So I consider myself very privileged in a lot of different ways. And it's hard balancing that privilege with acknowledging your hard work and being able to say I did that. So I've lately found this balance that's just, I'm going to be granted opportunities that other people are not granted. It's my job to make the best of those opportunities. And I feel like that's what kept me at Insulation. There was just so many opportunities, right? So I was moving up pretty fast. There was always more new challenges. And that was just really appealing. Like it just kept me going. And then about five years in, I started to catch on to a pattern. And I was solving the same problems over and over again and started realizing that the opportunities to learn and to challenge myself were less and less. I had like my sort of supervisor and then his boss and then his boss was the company owner. So I was like thinking about that, like, where am I going here? What am I, what's going to happen? I think the opportunities are running out. I think I need to start looking 
to make an exit at this point. And that was the decision. That's why I stayed there so long, all of these learning opportunities. And once those were, once I went through all of those, that's why I also left. Yeah. You decided to apply to MBA programs. What made you decide that was your next step? Yeah. So in my last role, like I was a project manager, but the last bit ended up turning into more of an internal where I would go help other project managers with their issues. So it turned into more like an, of an internal consulting work because I was working with different teams at different times uh, in different job sites. And I really liked that. I liked like having a short project, something that wasn't ongoing and it was a different problem and it was with a different group of people. And I remember telling a friend about this and he was like, oh, you would love consulting. Because I also told him, I was like, but, but these problems I'm solving are getting repetitive. And he was like, you would love consulting. It's like the same thing you're doing, except the problems don't get repetitive. You're working with new teams. You're, I actually enjoyed going to different job sites of the travel. And he was like, you definitely would love consulting. And I was like, okay, cool. What's consulting? Like, what <laughs> is this? Like, how do I get into this? How do I? So then I started researching and it became very clear that my best path forward was going to be by getting an MBA to be able to get into what I wanted to do. So what would you tell someone who is interested in pursuing your path towards consulting? I think there are paths that lead to where I got to that are probably shorter and more efficient than the one I took. I guess my advice is just is going back to that opportunities things like you're going to be given certain opportunities and you just have to make the most of those. This is what gets you places, right? Just taking advantage of the opportunities that you're given because there's going to be opportunities that you're not given. And I guess like on a more practical note, I wish freshman year Edgar would have gone to Pomona College Career Services and said, hi, I'm a first generation student I don't really know much about like internships or like what I need to be doing for a career in the future. Is there a timeline? Is there a roadmap? What can you tell me? When do I need, what do I do? Like I, I haven't, I don't have much guidance mm-hmm. in this. Can, can you help me? And I they would have definitely helped me because that's what they're there for. They're really good. In fact, they helped me apply to business school. When I was applying business school, I reached out to them and said, can you please prove it in my resume or go over my resume? And they, they helped. It was awesome. I wish I had known what resources were available to me, which is hard to say now because my mom didn't tell me this. Like my parents didn't know colleges had career services. Like they didn't know how mm-hmm. internships worked. And I just, it, it's hard. It, it's like one of those sort of unknown, un, like you don't know that you don't know it. So it's difficult, but that is like super practical and there's no shame. That's what they're there for. That's what they're paid for you to ask those types of questions. Like, I, honestly, I didn't even think it never crossed my mind reach out to alumni who would be super helpful. So that's like more practical advice. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your experiences. I know people will benefit from hearing your story. So thanks for being here today. Of course. Thank you for having me. And yeah, this is amazing what you're doing. Hey, are you thinking about changing careers? Then you need to head over to my website, ecmpodcast.com and sign up to get your free 20-page guide that I wrote with you in mind. I wrote this guide to help you change careers and get really clear on what it is that you want to do next. Career clarity is key to a career transition journey. All right. Can't wait to hear what you think about it. Have a great week.